0: Welcome along, everybody, to the Arsenal Cannon podcast experience. Today, we're going to be diving into a pregame analysis of Arsenal's game tomorrow. Saturday, that is. I know it's a little late coming at you guys. Apologies for that. But we have a game against Liverpool. We're going to be at the Emirates Stadium. By far, Arsenal's biggest test of the season, aside from the two gigantic teams that we played Right at the beginning, with the likes of Arsenal, or with the we're Arsenal, with the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City. So we're gonna look at a few individuals on Liverpool as well as a few individuals on Arsenal, and just what the overall pers- what what my overall thought is of this game coming up, and how difficult of a time I think the Gunners are going to have in it. I will say that I am significantly more confident going into this game than I was recently. You know Liverpool. Haven't really been fantastic by any stretch of the imagination, but they're still winning games. That's the thing. I think that Liverpool this season are substantially better than they were last season, and I think that that kind of comes down to the likes of uh, Virgil Van Dijk establishing himself into the into the team, and also their goalkeeper Allison coming into the frame as well. Because you know, you say what you say what you want about Allison, say what you want about Allison as a goalkeeper. You know, I, I, I don't think I personally don't think that he's a world class goalkeeper. However, with that being said, having a sixty five million pound goalkeeper between the sticks really does, you know, kind of um accentuate the confidence of your defenders that are protecting him. So Liverpool really defensively this season have been substantially better than they were last season and that's a bit worrying for Arsenal because you look at I I mean disregard the the, the result last season when we went to Anfield and lost 4-0. That was just embarrassing. And honestly, one of the most painful things I've ever had to watch as an Arsenal fan, apart from maybe the Manchester United 8 Arsenal 2 result. But that was pretty painful to watch considering we didn't even manage to get a goal. But, you know, you look at the game where they came to the Emirates last season and we scored three and they scored three as well. Now, Liverpool have been a really good attacking side for a pretty long time now. But they've always had defensive deficiencies. Now, with the likes of Virgil Van Dyke coming in there and Allison's uh, shoring up the goalkeeping spot, they're substantially better on the, in, in, in terms of being in the back line. Um, so, so that's going to be difficult. And, and our attacking players, they're going to have to be on their A game. You know, the likes of Alexandra Lacazette, Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang, and Mesut Ozo, who we all expect to be starting in this game. Really need to be on their A game if we want to take advantage of any defensive mistakes that Liverpool do make, and that is if they make any. Um, I wanted to do a little uh, special thing with this one because it's it's two gigantic teams facing up against each other, and I'm only going to go by what's going on this season. I think, uh, because you might not you might not agree with some of the things that I say, and that's fine. But I'm solely going on what it, what, what's going on this season essentially. And that is, I'm going to make a combined starting 11 of Liverpool and Arsenal, and we'll see who has more players in it. I'll be honest with you. I did not write the squad down before, so I don't really have a script or anything to read off of. I'm essentially just going to make this from the top of my head. All right. So just bear with me. So we're going to set up just like a, let's set up like a basic easy four, three, three, easy one to set up just because it's, you know, it, it, Gives every position really a lot of uh, a lot of chances to get into the team. So, starting off in goal, I'm going to go with Emiliano. Martin. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go with uh, I, I'm going to actually have to go with Allison on this one. I think Leno is honestly, in my in my opinion, I think Leno is probably a better goalkeeper than Allison. But this season, he hasn't had nearly as many chances at the starting spot as a Brazilian goalkeeper. So, I personally would go with Allison. Um, in the combined starting 11, um, 65 million pounds is paying a little bit over the odds for Allison, in my humble opinion. But at the end of the day, he did sig- he did shore up their defensive deficiencies and that's pretty much what he was brought in to do. So Allison, for me in the Arsenal and Liverpool combined starting 11 starts in between the sticks. I think Czech is also a pretty notable mention in this discussion as well. He had a pretty good start to the season, but He's been out now for the past few weeks. Allison has been a mainstay within Liverpool's squad for the entire season and has just brought brought their defense to new heights. I mean, they were, they were absolutely horrible at defending last season. And honestly, I mean, I, I could be wrong here, but I think if maybe they had guys like Allison and Van Dyke in the squad last year when they faced Real Madrid in the Champions League final, they might have actually had a realistic chance at winning that. But they didn't, so who cares? Not me. Um. So yeah, goalkeepers Allison. Moving over to the left back once again. This is solely just based off of performances this season. I would have to go with uh, what's this? <laughs> I got a brain fart. Robertson, that's his name, the Scottish kid. Yeah, fantastic player. I think a uh, really hard worker for the for Liverpool. Um, it's it's really interesting to me that he came from Hall City, actually, of all places. Hall City seems like they. They know what they're doing in terms of creating talent. You know that's where the likes of Harry Maguire came from as well. So for me, I think it's uh, Robertson should walk right into that uh, combined starting eleven as the left back. He, he he's, he's a good player. I mean that that's all we got to say. And I, I'm actually kind of worried about him and Trent Trent Trent. <laughs> I'm actually kind of worried about him and Trent Alexander Arnold um, going up against our defense this weekend. But so on the left back side, I'm going to put in Robertson. First center back, it's going to be another Liverpool player, and I don't think you could deny this at all. It's got to be Virgil van Dijk for me. In my opinion, he's the best defender in the Premier League, and I was absolutely gutted to see that Liverpool signed him last season. This is a guy that I think we should have put all of our money in for. He's a fantastic defender, and just him alone really has just completely solidified Liverpool's defense. Fantastic defender, world-class defender. Let's, Let's have it right. Van Dyke is a world class defender. He's got amazing leadership roles. He's fantastic offset pieces. He's very dominant he's got a huge voice on the pitch. Everybody listens to him whether they're an attacking player or a defensive player. Every single person listens to him because he's a leader and he's an easy guy to look up to, considering you know he's like six foot five so undoubtedly. I would have to put Virgil van Dyke in there. That is the third Liverpool player out of 11. Arsenal, we're not starting off very well, but I do assure you there will be some more Arsenal players in the lineup in due time. Like right now, the other center back I would go with is Socrates Papapavopoulos. You could say what you want about other Liverpool center backs going in there, but there is not a chance. I think Socrates has actually had a relatively great season to start things off. Uh, a lot of people maybe would argue that maybe Joe Gomez could go in there. I think Joe, that's a good shout But Joe Gomez, I don't think, deserves to be in there. In my opinion, at least you could put him there if you'd like. But I would personally go with Socrates. And the the main reason I would go with Socrates is because I'm biased. (laughs) Now, the main reason I would go with Socrates is because when he came in, nobody expected Socrates to to bring anything to the table, really, for Arsenal defensively. But he has really helped us solidify, at least because, let's be honest, if you want to rate our defense out of, like, five stars, Arsenal, last season we were, like, half a star. And if you want to rate it now, I would say we're probably two to two and a half stars. And I think that that's probably down to the likes of Socrates and possibly even Leno and uh, Petter Cech finding some new form. But in my opinion, Socrates has to go in there as the other center back next to Virgil van Dijk. Over on the right back position, I think Liverpool take this spot again. I would go with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, yeah, Bellerin's had a pretty decent season, but I just think that Alexander Trent Alexander-Arnold. That, that's so confusing. By the way, shout out to all of uh, shout out to any of the English uh, as an Englishman listening to this podcast. Why are you guys so obsessed with putting hyphens in your name? I've never understood that. Because I don't know if I'm supposed to call him Arnold, or I'm supposed to call him Alexander Arnold, because then it sounds weird, because then it sounds like I'm just saying his whole name, but in reality I'm just saying his last name, and it's very difficult for my puny American brain to comprehend, so could you please stop doing this? You know, Alexander Arnold, Oxlade-Chamberlain, I just, loftish cheek I don't get it, I don't get it. Quit, seriously. It doesn't make any sense. But at the end of the day, even though he has a hyphen in his name, I would put Trent Alexander-Arnold in there. And desp- <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say a comment on what has been going on lately with Trent Alexander-Arnold. But I will say, I would not recommend any pregnant women come to- <laughs> come to the game. At the Emirates when we watch Liverpool play. And if you do, just make sure, make sure you're on the opposite side of the field to Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know what I mean? So, anyway, I don't care about Alexander-Arnold's fetishes. We're going to go right into the midfield. Starting off with the defensive midfielder. Come on now. Easy. Lucas Torreira. What are you talking about, dude? Lucas Torreira is a fantastic midfielder, and he has brought so much stability to Arsenal's midfield that was never there before. There's a reason we were excited for him to come into the team, and now you're seeing why. The kid's a fantastic player. Don't forget, he's like 22. He's like 22 years old. He's like five foot five, and he is going to be the meanest guy on the pitch in that game against Liverpool. I think Lucas Torreira undoubtedly is better than Naby Keita, And is obviously better than Fabinho's, who's had like one game. This one That's not factual, but he's only had a couple games this season. So Lucas Torreira, undoubtedly for me, has to walk into that starting midfield in the combined 11. And also, I'm going to talk about this a little more when I talk about Arsenal's starting lineup in this game. I think Lucas Torreira has a pretty huge role to play in this game, but we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, the other midfielder that I would have next to Lucas Torreira in this combined 11 would be Granit Xhaka. Now that may be a little bit of an unpopular opinion due to the fact that Xhaka does divide opinions so much, but I think Xhaka's actually had a relatively good start to the season thus far. He has a couple goals to his name as well, and I think him having a guy like Lucas Torreira next to him is really helping exponentially in, in his his uh, his his development really in the under the new Arsenal regime and. Because, you know, I think Arsene Wenger really was under the impression that the Swiss international was a defensive midfielder. Unai Emery seems completely well aware that he is not a defensive midfielder, and putting a defensive midfielder next to Granit Xhaka makes him significantly better, and I think significantly better than probably any of Liverpool's midfielders. So, in my opinion, in terms of the combined Arsenal and Liverpool eleven, Granit Xhaka and Lucas Torreira's partner in there as the center defensive midfielders. Now moving up to the number ten position, I'm gonna to have to go with Mesut Ozil. I think Ozil's had a fantastic start to the season. Um, has four goals already this season. I mean, wow, that is good. Because you you say we say that you know the one thing that Ozil could add to his game is maybe a few more goals, and he's getting those goals. He really is getting those goals, and I think he's a guy that looks sub- substantially better under Unai Emery. You know, he's. Um, it really looks like he's. He's getting managed properly now. He doesn't look like he's treated like royalty anymore. And I, I want to make a comment on um, his substitution in the game against Crystal Palace and, and his reaction to that substitution. That did not piss me off at all. In fact, that made me very, 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 very happy. Because what that showed me is Mesut Ozil, he does care. He does want to be on the field. He does want to be contributing. And he wants to be the superstar. And in my opinion, spoiler alert for the later stages of this podcast, I think he is probably going to be the most important player for Arsenal if we want to get a result against Liverpool this game. But in my opinion, Mesut Ozil is one of the best number 10s of our generation. And he undoubtedly has to go in there in the combined Arsenal and Liverpool starting 11. Moving up to the front line. Oh, this one was difficult. This one was actually genuinely very difficult because I think notable mentions before anybody gets pissed off on who I'm going to give as the the front three. I had to snub Lacazette. I had to snub Lacazette and I'll tell you why. I had to snub Lacazette because I had to have a spot in there for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Aubameyang has been sensational this season. He has seven goals already in the league, joint top scorer of the Premier League. So that is who I have as the striker. Bobby Firmino, I think, is a fantastic striker, but I I did not include him in the front three. Um, Hasn't been having that stellar of a season thus far for Liverpool, but I think uh, Roberto Firmino is kind of a guy that goes uncredited at times because he's not your typical goal-scoring striker that's going to score 20 or 30 goals a season. He's kind of like, um, you remember Benzema a few years ago, like when he was like at his peak and he would have like 20 assists a season or something like that. And he was really essentially just the provider for his goal scoring wingers right next to him. I think Bobby Firmino or Roberto Firmino or half an eye Firmino or whatever you want to call him is essentially the same thing. You know, he's kind of like a, a creative striker. So Bobby Firmino and Alexandra Lacazette only just miss out on being in the front three. And another one that only just misses out on being in the front three is that of Alex Iwobi. Now, if you would have asked me last season, would Alex Iwobi be anywhere near an Arsenal and Liverpool combined starting eleven? I would laugh you out the door because he was absolutely dreadful last season. But this year, under new management, Alex Iwobi seems like a different player completely. But, unfortunately, he could not quite make it into the squad on the right-hand side, I'm going to go with Mo Salah. I know he's been having a little bit of an indifferent season, but to be honest with you, he has not really been having that indifferent of a season. It was just last year. He was he was insane. He was insane last year, and that was unprecedented. You know, Nobody thought that Mohamed Salah was going to score that many goals last season, so it was almost like an expectation around him that he was going to score that many this season. I think a lot of football fans that were well aware that he wasn't, but nonetheless, I think despite him underwhelming a few fans, Mosala has to go in there on the right-hand side for me. Moving over to the left-hand side, I've got to put Sadio Mane. In my opinion, I think he's a better player than Mosala in terms of, of, of like being an overall footballer. I think he's more powerful. He seems a little bit quicker. And he's definitely a lot better at shooting. Man, that guy absolutely laser beams shots, doesn't he? Because holy cow. And it's so it's crazy because that guy is small. Like, he's tiny. You know, when you watch him play, it looks like he's like Lucas Torreira's height. But, dude, that guy gets some absolute venom on his strike. So, that is the Arsenal and Liverpool combined starting 11 for me. Just to go through it one more time, I have Allison starting in goal. Robertson starting as the left back. Van Dijk as the center back. Socrates as the other one. Trent Alexander-Arnold as the right back. Lucas Torreira and Granit Xhaka as the defensive midfielders. Mesut Ozil as the number 10. Sadio Mane on the left wing and Mo Salah on the right. And then Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang playing down the middle as the striker. So, before I move into the next segment of the podcast, let's do a little bit of a scoreboard. I didn't keep track there. Okay, so I'm just going to I'll make it easy on myself and I'll count the Arsenal players that I put in there. Alright, so Socrates started it off. Lucas Torreira, Granit Xhaka, that's three, Mesut Ozil, that's four, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, that's five, so five Arsenal players in the starting 11, six Liverpool players, so Liverpool only just edge us out, but to be honest with you, the fact that I could I could even put five Arsenal players in a combined starting 11 is pretty awesome, because I think Liverpool, are, Liverpool and Manchester City are the teams to beat this season in the Premier League, but We've, we've got a pretty damn good squad ourselves, and I think we have a good chance against Liverpool. But we'll get into that right now, actually. I'm going to talk about what lineup I think Unai Emery should go with when he's fi- when, when we go up against Liverpool. And I'll be honest, man, I'm kind of stressed out for this game. I am confident. I think we'll get something out of this game. I don't think that'll be a win. But I think we'll get something out of this game, and and whether that's a lesson from Liverpool, it's just an absolute ass whooping, or maybe even a draw. I will be relatively happy either way. I kind of wish that we were playing him at Anfield so we could just get that one the hell out of the way. But you know, these things happen. You know, you've got to you've got to play them at home and you got to play them away as well. Um, I think it's gonna be you know a typical. Typical uh, formation, really, for Unai Emery. I know a lot of people are calling him, out, calling out for him to uh, play a 4-4-2. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that would be intelligent. I personally think that would be intelligent to to play a 4-4-2, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Unai Emery is significantly more comfortable playing with the 4-2-3-1, which is what I think he will go with this game. Another formation that's been shouted out is that of a 3-5-2. That one's interesting, you know, because I think... I think having two strikers up front would really give us more purpose going forward and more purpose attacking. And I also think having really like, you know, five defenders back, because that's kind of what a 3-5-2 becomes, I think that would help us, you know, mitigate the threat of guys like Bobby Firmino, Sadio Mane, Mo Salah, Shakiri who they could take off the bench, Daniel Sturridge, who they could take off the bench, you know, that would help us kind of calm down the threat of those guys, because I'm I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of very, I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm not kind of very, I am very scared of Liverpool's front three. And if you're not, you're, you're ignorant, you know, you shouldn't be that, you, you need to know that Liverpool's front three is insanely dangerous. Like they can, they could score a goal against any team. Let's, let's have it right. Liverpool's front three can score against any team they come up against. So I don't want to hear anybody saying that they're not scared of the front three. That's preposterous. That is preposterous. Because if you're not scared of their front three, A, you've never watched Liverpool play, or B, you're lying out your ass. Because there's, I am absolutely petrified of their front three. But without further ado, I don't care about Liverpool, and I'm frankly not here to, you know, I'm not going to say that. I'm not here to praise them. How about that? Um, I think Unai Emery is going to go with the 4-2-3-1. I don't completely agree with all of the all of the players that he'll be starting, but I also think he is relatively, um, he he doesn't have many choices, does he? We kind of have a, especially in terms of fullbacks, we have a, we have a bit of a dilemma on our hands, you know, I I don't think, I don't think Nacho Monreal is going to be back in time. Um... Will Kalashnak be back in time? That's a big question, you know, and if he's not, will Maitland-Isles be able to play in that position? Because in my opinion, and I know I'm going to get into this, but I just want to say this before I forget, I don't want Stefan Lichsteiner playing in this game. I don't think Lichsteiner has good enough pace to go up against a lot of the teams in the Premier League, especially not Liverpool. Liverpool arguably have the fastest attack in the league and probably one of the quickest attacks in Europe. So... I don't think you can play a 34-year-old guy like Stefan Litschdeiner in this game and expect him not to be absolutely obliterated. So I, I really hope that Kalashinac is fit or Monreal, either one of the two. I honestly don't care because also Matteo Guendouzi picked up a ban. Um, he, got, he picked up two yellow cards in the Capital One or <laughs> uh, Carabao Cup. Sorry, I change his names every freaking month. No, um... But, Guendouzi picked up uh, two yellow cards, so he got a one-game suspension. And now, apparently, the Carabao Cup and Premier League are unified or something. I don't I don't know. So, he can't play in this game. But he will be able to play in the next Carabao Cup game against Tottenham. Which is a bit confusing, but um, I'm not going to complain too much. So, Xhaka has to be in the midfield. So, that means... And, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want Xhaka to play as a left-back either. Because he's not exactly the paciest player on the planet himself. So... Yeah, I'll talk about the, the fullback thing a little bit more when I get into it, but let's get right into the starting 11. Starting in goal, I think Unai Emery pretty much all but confirmed the fact that Bernd Leno is probably going to start in this game against Liverpool, and I think that is a relatively intelligent move. Now, I will say, Bernd Leno is by no means a perfect goalkeeper, and I think he does have a lot of room for improvement. Look in the game against Crystal Palace. I personally believe... That if we would have had Petrček in goal rather than Bern Lano, we probably could have won that game. I don't think Bern Lano is nearly as good and nearly as dominant on set pieces as Petrček is. Petrček jumps out and catches the ball. Bern Lano seems like he likes to do the punch thing a little too much, and more often than not, it doesn't work. Sometimes he misses the ball, sometimes he punches it right into another player's foot. You know, so Bern Lano is definitely probably not the man to go to when you're playing against a team that is extremely good on set pieces. You know, for example, let's say Atletico Madrid get dropped down to the to the Europa League with us. I would not want Bern Leno playing in that game. I would want Petr Cech because he's significantly better off of set pieces. Now Liverpool, they're okay on set pieces, but it's by no means their main strength. Their main strength is they're super high press and they're they're really good on the ball and really good at scoring basically. So I would personally like to have Bern Leno in there because I think he's a little more calm with the ball at his feet. So Bern Leno, in my opinion, should start, and I think according to Unai Emery playing Petr Cech in the Carabao Cup game against Blackpool, I think the German international will start. He's going to have a big game, really, because he's probably going to be under a lot of pressure with the likes of Firmino, Mane, and Salah all pressing him, and they all all got a pretty damn good amount of pace, so I'd personally go with Burn Leno and go. I think Unai Emery will go with the same left back. Oh God, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> I, well, first of all, me and Unai Emery are in complete agreement on this. Um, frankly, if Monreal or Kalashianak is fit, I don't care. It has to be one of them. I who it is, I don't give a shit. But it has to be one of them, you know, and uh, I'm worried, man. That's that's a position that worries me because Liverpool are super strong, super strong on their wings. And um, ah, it's just stressful, man, because like we can't play Lichsteiner there. That's just, it's not going to happen. If if Kalashinac, here, I'll, I'll do it like this. If Kalashinac or Monreal are fit, they play, undoubtedly. Now, if Kalashanek or Monreal, or scratch that, if Kalashanek and Monreal are not fit, Maitland-Niles has to play. Lichsteiner cannot play in this game. He is not quick enough. I think he's a good player. He got a nice goal against Blackpool, but he is not quick enough to play against this team. So in my opinion, if Monreal or Kalashanek are fit, they've got to play, if not Maitland-Niles. To be honest with you, though, I think... I, I, to be honest with you, actually, I think Unai Emery will probably agree with me. I think he knows Lichsteiner cannot play in this game. Center back pairing, I think me and Unai Emery are in full agreement with this once again. Rob Holding and Socrates Papapavopoulos have to play for me. Again, I think there's a reason that Mustafi played against Blackpool. I think Unai Emery is quickly losing trust in the German international center back. And to be frank, all of us are. Um, we, you know, we paid 35 million pounds for him. Was he worth that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Mustafi's a 10 million pound defender. He's not 30, There's no way he's worth 35 million pounds. And that was a really horrible signing from Arsenal. I know we were all excited when he came in and we were, and he had a really good start to life at the Gunners, but he's just not good enough. Maybe good enough for the bench, but by no stretch of the imagination, good enough to be a consistent starter in this Arsenal starting 11, especially if we want to improve on our defensive deficiencies. Against Liverpool, Mustafi cannot play. He cannot play. Seriously. It has to be Rob Holding and it has to be Socrates. Rob Holding, I think, is better than Mustafi due to the fact that he is way more calm. He seems like he's he has way better decision-making skills, which is kind of weird considering he's like 23 or something like that. He's way better at playing the ball out of the back and he's just far more suited to Unai Emery's style than Mustafi. And Socrates, as you all know, has probably been our best defender of the season so far which is completely the reason why he got into the Arsenal and Liverpool combined starting 11 that I mentioned earlier. So that is the back two pairing that I would go with, and I think Unai Emery is in full agreement with me. Moving over to the right back position, this is another one that's in doubt. Hector Bellerin. I think he's fit. I think he's fit. I I, I don't know why I think he's fit, and to be honest with you, I didn't hear any news saying he was, but... I think he's fit. I think Bellerino will pull through, and I think he'll be able to play. I really, I really hope so, because oh my god, if if he's not fit, we either have to play Jenkinson or Lichsteiner, and I just, I don't even know. I don't even know because Lichsteiner, dude, Lich, I don't even know. Lichsteiner is a good player, but he cannot keep up with guys like with with guys like Mane and Salah, so. I, do you play Jenkinson? I mean, I don't know. I, you, if, if Bellerin's not fit, you'd probably have to go with Stefan Lichsteiner. You know, let's let's be honest. If he's not fit, you have to go with Stefan Lichsteiner. Or possibly if Bellerin's not fit and then maybe Kalashnikov is, you could try to put Maitland-Niles over on the right back. But if if uh, if Kalashnikov and Monreal are not fit and Bellerin isn't fit as well, oh, God. You probably have to play Maitland-Niles on the left, and then Lichsteiner on the right, and that would just be—I think—I think Liverpool would just have an absolute field day against us. But if Hector Bellerin is fit, I would start him. I think Unai Emery completely agrees with me there as well. But if not, I would probably have to go with either Lichsteiner or or Maitland-Niles. So it really depends on who's fit and who's not. We still haven't gotten any update on that, which is kind of shocking and a bit scary, but. Let's hope they're fit. Let's hope that this is maybe a tactic from Unai Emery to to not let Klopp know what's going on, basically. But, yeah, if Bellerin's fit, he's got to play. He's also been in good form this season. You know, he really has. He's, I think he's been substantially better this season than he was last season. So, I hope he's fit. I really do. But, I'm getting sad talking about the 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 fullback predicament that's currently... Uh overtaking Arsenal at the moment it's kind of scaring me so I'm gonna stop talking about it uh moving up to the midfield I don't think there's really any doubt here that we're probably going to go with a midfield two I think he's probably going to go with Granit Xhaka and Lucas Torreira um neither of them played in the Capital One Cup or Jesus Christ I say that all the time the Carabao Cup and um yeah, I think, I think they both got to play. That is our best midfield pivot. And Guendouzi can't play anyway, so it pretty much has to be. So I think Emery's going to go with that, Guendouzi and Jaka, And I'm going to go with that as well. Uh, moving up to the number 10 position, we are going to have Mesut Ozil, another player who didn't play in the Carabao Cup game. And I think there's good reason for that. I think that was relatively intelligent of Unai Emery not to play Mesut Ozil in that game. Um... Ozil, in my opinion, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say two critical players for each team going into this game. A little bit later, spoiler alert: Mesut Ozil is one of them for Arsenal. He is going to be such an integral piece to the puzzle if we want any chance of beating Liverpool this game. He has to have a big game. He can't have one of those games where he just isn't there and he's just lollygag- lo- lollygagging around the field. You know, he has to. He has to show up because if he doesn't, we'll lose. That's it. And and Mesut Ozil, there's a reason he's been handed the captain's armband as of recently. I think Unai Emery trusts him. But now it's time to show the fans that show Unai Emery. It's time for Ozil to show them that it's okay to trust me. And, and I'm the rightful captain. So, I'd go with Ozil there. And I I, I really hope that he has a big game. You know, Mesut Ozil's a player that's probably criticized more than any other player in the Premier League next to the likes of Raheem Sterling and and guys like that. So... If, if Ozil has a huge game and a really good game against Liverpool, or even just a good game against Liverpool, I think we have a really good chance of grinding out a result in the game. So, I go with Mesut Ozil as a number 10. and Like I said, I think Emery agrees with me. Moving over to the left-hand side of the field, I would go with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Aubameyang has been absolutely fantastic as of recently. So... He has to, he has to start and and he didn't play in the he played for like a, a really short amount of time in the Carabao Cup and he got absolutely clattered I heard in the game by one of the Blackpool players I didn't get to watch the game unfortunately I was at work but I heard that Albamiang was limping but it does look as though he's going to be fit there was some videos of the Arsenal boys training and it was Lacazette. Eddie and Ketia and Yang all taking penalties, and Yang looked completely fine, so I think he'll be starting in this game. So I would play him on the left-hand side. I think Unai Emery is going to completely agree with me on this one as well. He's joint top scorer of the Premier League thus far this season, and he's a guy that I think all of us kind of expect to score 20 or 30 goals. So the more he plays, the more he's going to score, and I really hope that he could score this game against Liverpool. Uh, moving over to the other wing, I'm going to go with Alex Owobi. Mikatarian played in the Carabao Cup game against Blackpool and again pretty much showed why he is not he why he's not in the squad. He's really low on confidence. I I happen to really like Mikatarian. I I really like him a lot and I like his style of play and I think he's a super hard worker. He's he's almost like a Ozel with a, I, I think his vision is not quite as good but his work ethic is substantially better. But it just, at the moment, for me, looks like the Armenian international has no confidence at all. So, for that reason, you can't play a guy like that against Liverpool. And I would go with Alex Iwobi starting on the right-hand side. And I think he will start. I think Unai Emery agrees with me. And now I'm starting to realize that me and Unai Emery are probably going to have a full agreement on the starting eleven. I was wrong. I thought we would have a few disagreements because we usually do. And he usually gets it right because, you know, he's a professional football manager. But I think we're actually all, yeah, we are, we're we're going to be in complete agreement with this. So I think he'll start Alex Iwobi, and I completely agree with that. Moving up to the striker position, I think you've got to go with Alexandra Lacazette. Lacazette, for the last couple games, hasn't been particularly great. But I do think he is still a fantastic striker, and having him as an option, really against Liverpool's star-studded defense is really going to be I think I think super helpful. And then also if you start a guy like Lacazette, so then you have guys like maybe maybe you know Mkhitaryan's, Danny Welbeck's, the likes of those guys on the bench that could come off the bench and change the game. I think that'll help Arsenal exponentially in their quest to get one to possibly even three points at or against Liverpool at the Emirates Stadium. So that is the starting 11. Just to go through it for you one more time, I have burned Leno starting in goal. Kalashnikov or Monreal starting if they are fit. If not, I would go with Maitland-Niles. Socrates and Rob Holding starting as the center-back pairing. Hector Bellerin starting as the right-back if he is not. If he is fit, excuse me. If he's not, I would go with Stefan Lichsteiner. Lucas Torreira and Granit Xhaka starting as the midfield pivot just in front of the back four. Albamiang on the left, Mesut Ozil playing as the number 10, and then Alex Iwobi on the right, and then Alexandra Lacazette playing as the striker. So it's going to be a big game, and there's going to be a few players in particular that I think we need to watch out for Liverpool. But with all that being said, I think there's also a few players in particular that Liverpool are going to have to watch out for from Arsenal. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Two players that we have to watch out for for Liverpool I think, are Virgil van Dijk and Sadio Mane. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna give each one kind of like a description as to why I believe we have to watch out for them. Obviously, they have other fantastic players as well, but those two in particular really worry me. Now, Virgil van Dijk really worries me because like I was saying earlier in the podcast, Liverpool haven't really had a fantastic defense as of recently, but now with him coming into the line... They look substantially better. They really do. And, and I think that Lacazette and Aubameyang, they're going to have their work cut out for him because Van Dijk, he's, first of all, he's absolutely massive. He's super strong. But he's also pretty quick, too, for a guy that massive. So I think they're gonna. it's, it's going to be really difficult. It's going to be really difficult for Arsenal's attack to try to break down Liverpool's resilient defense. And Van Dijk worries me. Van Dijk worries me. You know, let's, let's have it right. There was a reason all of us wanted him at Arsenal. He's a fantastic defender, and in my opinion, the best defender in the Premier League. You know, you could say whoever, whoever else, you know, you want, but I, th- I think I personally think Virgil Van Dyke is hands down the best defender in the Premier League, and that is why he worries me so much. Now, the other player that I was talking about was Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane, he worries me for a few reasons. Now, the first main reason being he's super quick and super strong. And we've always seemed to kind of struggle with coping with players like that. Now the other reason that he worries me and, and this is more so pertaining to this game in itself is really the fact that we're having such a bad predicament in terms of, of our fullbacks. you know I, think, I I really think that if Bellerine is not fit in this game and Sadio Mane is going up against the likes of Stefan Litschsteiner, we're going to get absolutely roasted. And Stefan Lichsteiner is going to be sat down. And he's going to see just how quick the Premier League is. So Sadio Mane really, really worries me. And so does Virgil van Dyke. So for me, those are the two players that we're going to have to watch out for for Liverpool if we want any chance of winning or getting a draw in this game. Now... I know I've kind of been a negative Nancy for the past few minutes in the podcast because I will be honest with you, Liverpool are kind of worrying me, and they should be worrying everyone because they are a fantastic team. But I also think that there are some players in particular that Liverpool really kind of have to worry about for Arsenal as well. For example, Lucas Torreira. I think Lucas Torreira is going to be a huge factor in this game. Arsenal have not had a real defensive midfielder since Gilberto Silva. And now that we finally have a real defensive midfielder, I think it's... Help really solidify our, our. It's helped solidify our midfield, and it's even helped solidify our defense as well. You know, I know our defense still needs some a little bit more restructuring and all that kind of stuff, but I think that Lucas Torreira has kind of helped um, bring our bring our defense from that point five star that I said it was earlier to the two stars that it is now. So, I think Lucas Torreira is going to be a huge one for huge one to look out for for Liverpool because I'll be honest with you as well. Our center central midfield, and I hope that Liverpool don't make me eat my words on this tomorrow, but our central midfield, in my opinion at least, is significantly better than Liverpool's. It really is. You know, I think Jaka and, and Torreira in there are going to give whoever starts in there. It's not going to be Nabi Kita because he picked up an injury. They're really going to give whoever plays in there issues. So I think those are that's a guy that, that, that Liverpool have to look out for is Lucas Torreira. But the main man in this game that I think Liverpool have to watch out for, and I think he's essentially probably Arsenal's most important player going into this game, is Mesut Ozil, as I referred to earlier. If Mesut Ozil has a good game, Arsenal have all the chances in the world of winning this. Now, with that being said, if he does not have a good game, we will. there's a 90% chance we'll lose. Seriously. Because when Ozil plays well, everybody around him plays well but when ozil plays poorly it it makes the other players around him almost feel a sense of dejection and like they have no chance of winning the game but if ozil is firing on all cylinders i think liverpool have a lot to worry about because like i like i said earlier ozil is probably the best number 10 of our generation and and I, when i say number 10 i don't mean literally a guy that wears the number 10 by the way, I mean, he's the probably the best center attacking midfielder of our generation. So Ozil has a huge game and a huge a huge point to prove, really. And and I I want him to do this for himself even more so than I want him to do it for us, because Ozil is a guy that is perpetually ridiculed by the media and and rival fans and all the people like that. And I hope that he just has the game of his life and absolutely hammers Liverpool. But only time will tell if that actually comes to fruition and if Ozil does show up in this big game. There has been big games that he's shown up in. For example, the last time we played Liverpool at the Emirates, Ozil scored an absolutely wonderful goal. But there's a lot of times where Ozil plays against gigantic opposition and he doesn't even show up. So that's, that's it, man. We've, we've got Those are the two guys that I think we've got to bet our money on changing the game for us is the likes of Lucas Torreira And Mesut Ozil, and then on Liverpool's side, we have to watch out for Sadio Mane coming forward, and we have to be wary of the fact that Virgil Van Dyke is hands down the best defender in the Premier League. Now, we're gonna put a wrap on this thing. Um, Thanks for watching. If you're still up, and um, I know it came a little bit late, later than anticipated. Apologies for that. But to put a cap on things today, I'm gonna go for my score prediction. I'm going to have to say it is going to end Arsenal 2, Liverpool 2. I think we'll get a draw out of this game, but we have to play well in order to do so. I think the goals from us will come from Alexandre Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And I think the goals from Liverpool will come from Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. I don't think we'll be able to deal with their fantastic strike force going forward. That's all I got for you guys today. I thank you so much for watching. We've been going for about 41 minutes now. That's a pretty nice, lengthy podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. I hope we get a result against Liverpool. It is going to be difficult, and I hope that our fullbacks are fit, but I guess we'll see, isn't it? So thank you all for watching. Be sure to find me on YouTube. The YouTube channel is going to be Dan Izzle. You can find me on Twitter as well. That will be at Daniel underscore Fenton. Subscribe to me everywhere you could find this podcast. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever the heck you listen to them, it's going to be on all the platforms. Also, be sure to leave a rating on this podcast. Let me know if you liked it or disliked it. And yeah, Liverpool. Well, get ready to take this L. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm concerned, but I I think if we if we have the right mentality going into this game, we can definitely get something out of it. So. I will see you guys tomorrow. Probably going to make a YouTube video and then make a podcast later on in the week. And hopefully the next time I see you, it's after we pick up a W against Liverpool. So I'll see you guys next time. I'm out of here. Peace.